It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the first actual podcast of 2024. It's 4020 Not Live. My name is Richard Shawwhite. And before we get into the meat and drink of this episode, which I was going to title Wheelchairs, and then I couldn't think of a word beginning with W to describe match officials, uh, please vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards. Yeah, I know, it's an obvious gag, but you know, you've got to go with the obvious ones sometimes. Uh, we are up for Best Rugby Podcast against like the BBC ITV and Sky Sports. Now, they've got, like, actual proper microphones and stuff, uh, and we haven't. So please vote for us. Voting's open for another couple of weeks. Uh, if you haven't been to our Twitter feed, it's the pinned Twitter tweet at the top of the page. Just search for Sports Podcast Awards Best Rugby Podcast, and you'll find us there. We're now near the bottom. Vote for us, and uh, we'll be very grateful. In a moment, the main events of Wales co-captain Jody Boyd-Ward talking about their tour of the USA and other such stuff. Before then, we went to the RFL on Monday. Uh, they let us in, surprisingly, uh, to speak to some match officials. In a moment, you'll hear from Liam Moore, big fan of the podcast, apparently. I hope he's voted. But first, here's Marcus Griffiths. I mean, Marcus, tell, what's going on? What, what is going on? What is the day in the life of a professional referee like? Um, so we've been here since about... 7 o'clock this morning this morning we went through some clips looking at um, tackle height and contact to the head trying to get some sort of consistency about how we are going to sanction um, we're getting to a good point with it we're getting to a good place um, today we've done mobility with one of our strength and conditioners um, plyometrics on the track and now we're on a gym session shortly we're going to be having lunch and then we're outside on the field yeah. So it's not just you don't just sit around all day watching video clips. So you have to keep yourself in tip top tip top conditions. Yeah, you? you've got to be in relatively good nick. Um, it can be a long season, and this is all about getting the foundations in, so that we get to a point where we are comfortable on games, and you're not having to worry about whether you're fit enough to get to where you need to get to. Um, the actual rugby, once it starts, is the easy part. Um, the pre-seasons for me personally is the most difficult because. There's nothing to look forward to at the end of the week. The end of the week is we're changing again on Monday, and it's the sort of same old, same old. It's a bit like Groundhog Day at the moment. No one likes pre-season, do they? No. Um, and then the people who do, they must be... Yeah, the ones that say they do, usually 
Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not met somebody who enjoys pre-season yet. Getting into the new season, are you are you fully affair with the new interpretation? That's a stupid thing to ask. Of course, well, but putting them into practice in, in game situations. Yeah. So last weekend, referee Witness versus Workington. Um, there were some reports of 12 incorrect play the balls, other reports of eight, some saying 10. I think it was somewhere around the 10 mark. And at the moment, it's new for lots of people. It's trying to relearn skills, but also from a refereeing perspective, like because we're taking such a emphasis on looking at flops, the process has completely changed. So you've got to identify the tackles, see if there's any flops, see if he then plays the ball with a foot, a genuine attempt to play it, and then see if the marks just square whilst making sure somebody's not hitting somebody in the head. So, yeah, it's, it's becoming a challenge. How, how do you process that so quickly? Um, lots of it's second nature. So you've never been able to hit anybody in the head. So that's not particularly something new. Markers have always meant to have been square. It's not, it's not particularly something new. It's just we're fixing things. So it's about lowering our um, thresholds of what's acceptable so that we sort of become more aligned and give the sport what it's asking. What, what, what enjoyment do you get out of um, there's no buzz quite like it I mean at the moment sometimes it can be hard to look for the buzz because we're in the middle of January season doesn't start for another five weeks this is week five of pre-season it can seem like a hard slog but there's no there's, there's no feeling like going out in a Super League game um, camaraderie between your teammates Like, although we are all individuals on games we are teammates Monday to Friday and when you get on a game you might have a different team to what you've trained with in the week so it's really good um, some of these people there will get you through the hardest places and there's that much experience here that it's unquestionable. Is that camaraderie important when you are all... I mean, I know you've had different cases of abuse on social media, but you all get abused week yeah. to week about the decisions you make more than anything else. Yeah, we do. And um, the camaraderie's great on a Monday morning when when things are going well for you, they're going great for you. Uh, you're not having to think about what decisions may, you may have made or may not have made. When things are going bad and it's getting a bit rough, some of these people will just ask you to go for a coffee. It's the simplest of things. There's no state of minded um, checking on your mate. That's the newest one, isn't it? Checking on your mate. You see on a lot of social media. And actually, the, this team here do check in on you. So it's the best thing. What are your ambitions going forward? Um, I'm not 100% sure. So it's a long season. Um, to put ambitions in place now times can be daft sometimes you've got to see how see how you're working see how you're running for the first couple of months and then obviously challenge cups quite early this year so some involvement in that whether that's video ref in touch judging or reserve ref will be amazing and then looking towards the end of the season same again finally because my I, I can't sit like this any longer I've yeah. not got the core strength uh, gladiators would you fancy doing the referee oh, on that see I've always said me I think we've got some characters in our department that could do it I think I'm a bit too young at the moment, but somebody like I'm gonna say you can't remember can, the first I, time round, can you? Oh no, I can't. I used to love it, mate. It used to be Saturday night TV. The one thing that was missing this year was Blind Date afterwards. You don't like Blind Date? No, I don't. But it was oh, missing. Like for a nostalgic hit, Blind Date was missing afterwards. But yeah, I think we've got some characters here that could do it. Um, probably Failure would be a funny one. He'd have the same voice. The question we ask everyone at this time of season is: Are you ready for the new season? So how's pre-season been going? Yeah, it's been. I'm going to give you the generic question. That I'm sure all teams and players give you as well. Yeah, but it's a, yeah, it's been good. And um, pre-season is hard because you're training. The training's intense, and obviously the, the games are about. But they are friendlies, and I think everyone's 
building up to the start of, of Super League. So for us, it's you know it's intense training. It's probably the, the hardest training we do of the year in terms of volume. But um, I'll be looking forward to when um, round one comes and you can actually get back on the field and and do, and do the job itself. Have you know the running up hills and stuff that we see the players do every year? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. We've done a, a few tough. Um, field sessions this year already I think last year we went to Formby Beach and did um, the sand dunes over there we, so we've done plenty of them kind of sessions uh, some of the lads like, in, enjoy that kind of thing more than others though if I'm honest No, no warm weather training in, in Lanzarote or anything? No sadly not this year no we, were, we literally were on um, minus two I think it is outside so woolly hat and gloves on and we're, um, we're all good to go So you start we've been in a presentation Coming about seven thirty in the morning. Is that, right? is that the, the, the start time for a day in the life of a referee, so to speak? Yeah, it is. It is for us this morning. I think all the um, all the lads were thinking in about at quarter to eight this morning. So this morning, for example, we've we spent some time looking at some uh, head contact clips to try and gain some consistency on what we're going to do going forward in Super League and, and some good healthy discussion around that. And then that builds us into the day in terms of uh, the mobility and then we're into the gym um, and then we're out on the field later, which is the the heavy the heavy stuff. Free massages as well. That's not bad. Just people pay a lot of money for that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, generally after your game, you will feel a little bit sore, especially if you've done. Generally, you're averaging between eight and ten k. Um, generally, pretty high speed. So I think some of, the, especially some of the older lads, I think come uh, Monday morning, they they like jumping on the on the bed. Why did you become a referee in the first place? I know it's a question you probably get asked a lot. Uh, good question. I, I, you know what? I still. I never. I said to these people, I never intended on being a referee at all. I, just, I enjoyed playing. Was younger. Was never really good enough. But actually, you know, I give it a go. Which people say, I'll just give it a go. See if you like it. I absolutely loved it. I loved the adrenaline of being in the middle and making big decisions. And suddenly, really, it turned into a good hobby. Um, extra pocket money when I was young, refereeing the community game. And suddenly, I was, you know, I enjoyed it that much. I was, I was in the professional game and a full-time career came on the back of it. And and. and I, lo- I love rugby league. That's the first point. I love the sport. But actually, you know, I really love the job of. Uh, it may, may sound strange to some people, but being in the middle and the pressure of big games and making making big decisions. Pressure comes with abuse sometimes. How do you deal with that? But both on and off the field, not just the players, of course, these days. But in the old days, you used to write to the newspapers and slag off referees. Now yeah. you can do it instantly. Uh, I, th- I think on the field, actually, it's pretty. The players are generally pretty good. The players are generally pretty good. And if you're in a game, you'll, you'll you'll know you'll make decisions, and the crowd will go up because you're that zoned in on the game. You, you're not focused on what certainly on uh, in Super League game. You're not focused on what the fans are saying or the crowd, etc. You're just that tunnel into the game. The, the challenge has certainly become the last five or so years with the evolution of social media. That that becomes more of a challenge. Um, not as much necessarily for for me or some of the other rest because I think you you. you, you Gain a pretty um, thick skin as a referee over the years, and, and taking um, taking some making mistakes and you know some bad experiences. But it's it's more the fa- your family that you, I'm more conscious of. Of my wife, and she reads uh, some of the things. So that 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 part of it, I, I don't like to be honest. I think that that is some of it is a, is a different level and completely unacceptable. But I think as a referee, you've just got to you've got to move on pretty quickly. New season, there's always new rules coming in. It seems that the ones coming in now are the biggest changes in a while, especially regarding head injuries. How difficult is it for you as a group to adapt to those new rules in time for the new season? Yeah, I mean we've had a um, we've had a long run at this one. So I think it was um, it was October when we first met around these new changes and how we was going to 
put them into the play for this season so there's a, there's a lot of change but that came earlier enough for us to work in pre-season and how this was going to look come, come round one in February uh, we've done friendly friendly games we've incorporated them we've done club visits with clubs so we've been around we've got the message out now and equally for us some of these friendlies have been have been great practice for us because like you say a lot of, a lot of change is coming for us not just as well as the players you know what's going to happen <coughs> first, first tell you why it's game of the season we check on you because they're all on TV now first incorrect play of the ball crowd's going to go up everyone's got to learn quickly haven't they about how things are going to be going forward yeah absolutely but we've already seen from the friendlies already that the players are adapting you know, with, with any new rule change, whether that was the six again that came in a few years ago, or any change, what it may be, the shoulder charge, players adapted pretty quickly, and I, I'm I'm confident that, especially around a bit more the technical nuances of um, what's happening in the rule the players will adapt, and ultimately, no matter with anything, that the best teams will adapt the quickest in, in any sport. That's that will that will be ultimately what will ride the good teams from the from the not as good teams. Do you take any? Um... I don't know if inspiration is right. Do you watch any other sports and see how referees do with things there? I mean, I guess you must be glad that there's no players walking around with imaginary yellow cards in rugby league. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, I, I think I think when you are a referee, you have a lot of respect for anybody of any sport that goes out and referee. I was watched the, um, Wayne Barnes in the Rugby Union World Cup final. I thought it, the way he um, controls the game and speaks to the players is, I think that is. You know, top tier in terms of what what we can look at in rugby league. Equally with the football, um, with the football lads, I think they're absolutely to make a decision as quick as they do, and actually see stuff as quickly. I, I think they do a, I think they do a really good job in what is sometimes feels a thankless job. Do you have a message for supporters? You, you ask a coach at this time, you say, oh, well, you know, get behind the lads, blah blah blah. But how do, how do we support referees throughout the uh, match officials throughout the new season? I think the key thing for me is a lot of people think that maybe we've gone away in pre-season and the referees have suddenly come up with this idea about where we're going to clamp down and everything this season. That simply is not the case. It's, this is a direction from the sport of how they want us to police the game, whether that be head contact, whether that be the changes to uh, what's going to happen in the rook, around the play of the ball. This is very much coming from the coaches, the stakeholders, um, the senior executives. It, it, we've been instructed that this is how they want the game to look so you know certainly around head contact is that you know go easy on us a little bit I suppose is the message is that you know we're, we're doing our jobs of trying to make rugby league a safer sport and not just you know I, I don't like using the phrase uh, we're killing the game I'd actually say we're, we're trying to safeguard the future of the sport no you are killing the game and it's your fault <laughs> um, finally any dirt on James Child because obviously he's on the podcast now, you know what I'm he? really disappointed that he wasn't here today well, he's probably doing something important, isn't he? So, no, no, James is great. James was a, a good influence on me as well. I thought, um, enjoy, always enjoyed his company and actually misses kind of his, um, his dry sense of humour around the place. But I do listen to the podcast as well, so he's, that is generally sometimes I listen to it to, to work out if my decision was right or not from the weekend to see what James thought, but no, it's all good fun. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, as promised, the main event now. Here is Wales co-captain Jodie Boyd-Ward, fresh from her appearance on the Welsh version of The One Show, which is, unlike the, you know, the proper One Show, uh, it, it's much more entertaining because they have rugby league on it sometimes. I've been asked by um, someone involved with um, Wales Rugby League why you didn't do their equivalent of The One Show in Welsh. I wasn't asked to even attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> The words I got were, um, by the way, um, we need you here over here for an interview. Um, don't worry that you can't speak Welsh. And I'm like, okay. And then the whole way through that interview, I'm going, they're going to have to subtitle me no matter what, aren't they? Um, <laughs> I just trained for two hours prior to playing the army. So, yeah, either way, there were subtitles, subtitles happening. You got to dig at your coaching, though. So that, you know that's that's a positive. That was on that was on the telly. Oh yeah, like I've been saying it for weeks leading up to that game. I'm like, tell everyone, can't wait to smash Simo. And I, you know, at um, the Rhinos Carol service, I was saying to Jonesy, I can't wait for this army game. Can't wait to throw Simo out. <laughs> um, and to be fair, um, I'm gonna give it to him. He he managed to wipe me out at one point. So fair's fair. I've been talking talking rubbish for weeks and uh, he got his own back and my knees show that he's got his own back because I hit that floor hard. <laughs> I'm going to work out where to start the, the edit for this because I, I, we need to keep all this stuff in. What, the Rhinos Carol Service, were you at that, Phil? You must have been invited to that, sure. Sadly, it was during an afternoon and someone was pretending to be busy in the run-up to Christmas. <laughs> it was during an afternoon. It was uh, the most stressful journey I've made to any anything ever mainly because i had to wait for my niece and nephew to finish school so that they could come with me and and jones is like sit in the front row um i got there and i, I looked around and i was like nah we'll, we'll sit uh, sit around behind um and apparently the best part of that camel service according to my six-year-old niece chichi was uh my my song which wasn't a song it was a reading <laughs> You, you must you must be a great singer, though, I'm, I'm assuming, because obviously, as we know, everyone Welsh can sing. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I was a child, the uh, head of our primary school choir took pity and, and said, yes, you can join the choir because I don't like saying no to people. <laughs> that's, where that's where education has gone wrong in this country, Phil, because everyone now thinks they can do everything. They think they can do podcasts and stuff, and people should just be told no. <laughs> to be honest, if you're Welsh and you're going to a beer festival in America, you are going to be doing karaoke. 
I mean, we'll see. <laughs> Are you packed? Are you ready to go? Because as Phil alludes to, let me get the name of this event official because I've got the Welsh website. It's a long name. <laughs> well, I, I mean, A, I was confused. So I looked at the squad and it's got numbers underneath your names and stuff. I thought, you know, 37, surely not. But that's you. I'm assuming your heritage number. Um, the the Beers of America Craft Beer and Adaptive Sports Festival in conjunction with Visit, Visit Myrtle Beach Tourism. That's snappy, isn't it? Yeah, like headline in one go. <laughs> I hope they don't have to embroider that on your shirts because that's going to take a while in English no, and Welsh. No, but I um I sent a message to one of my friends because we got we've got some of our kit for the tour, um and I didn't open mine it camp in the US uh, the army game in prep obviously for this USA tour and I got I got home um the next day after going to work and doing everything and sorting myself out I opened my kit and I sent a photo to to my friend and I was like who should I tell there's been a spelling mistake in this um and then it took a further two days and um, us having this conversation again for me to go, oh, it's fine. I'm glad I didn't tell anybody because that's the Welsh spelling of it. <laughs> because I just saw UDA instead of USA and I was like, how many of these have we got? Um... <laughs> <laughs> what colour is your hair going to be when you, you land in the USA? Um, it's going to be something along these lines. Um, like the pink clashes with red. We're wearing red. Um, it'll be about pink to start of lead season. Uh, <laughs> but for now, I need like girl talk apparently. Um, but I needed to give my hair a rest from all the bleaching and the uh, bright colours. So off season's the best time to do it. So looking at your preparation before we discuss what the tour may hold. Um, you've just spoken about this uh, fierce grudge match that you had with the British Army, not least mate against mate, you and James Simpson. Um, how was it? Because obviously the Army is a particularly rich source of wheelchair rugby league, if we get it right. Um, and I, I didn't see the footage, but I saw the score and followed it progressively. It looked like a really competitive game. Yeah, do you know what? I I really enjoyed that. Simo when you went aside because, you know, I'm always gonna enjoy playing against <laughs> against Simo. Um you and probably didn't enjoy reffing me and Simo. <laughs> um it's it's hard, isn't it, like to ref your coach and your captain of your home club, um, who are on opposing sides. But um no, I think it's it's got so much potential, and I, I genuinely hope that going forward, this is a, a an annual thing, um, because to see how you've got you know a group of people thrown together um, who were army, ex army, um, and how they've been able to shape with the input of Martin Norris. I know Simo's had some input as well, um, and honestly. They came out and they came out to say to us, "We don't care that you're ranked num number three in the world. Like, watch what we watch what we're gonna do to you." And I think that first twenty minutes, like, I'm the first to say it, and I said it at the end of Sunday. I said it in a um, meeting last night. Um, I don't think we quite expected them to come out gunning, um, to, gunning for us and wanting to make a point. And it it threw us off a little bit as a team. 
Um, but the flip side of that is, you know, with Wales, defensively, that's the best the squad has defended. We had back-to-back sets on our line, um, you know, sometimes from our own mistakes, sometimes it was just, you know, a 50-50 call. And we were defending the best I've, I've seen in the whole time we've been part of this setup. Um, and I think it was it was still very much anybody's game. If you think about like myself personally, I haven't played on the pitch in a competitive game with my Welsh squad since that semi final at the World Cup. Um, so it's it's very different to your training camps where you have game situations to then go into a game. Um, and given the fact that we were all up, you know, well, not all of us, some people only drove 10 minutes. Um, but <laughs> not, not, not salty about that at all. Um, but given the fact that some of us were up very early that morning to get down to South Wales, um, I, th- I think it definitely helped us pinpoint what we're doing right but also what we need to work on and genuinely if if i get to throw simo out his chair and you know deal deal with all of that like shit housery because he was tackling me anytime i didn't have the ball <laughs> not surprised but it adds what, to the fun <laughs> what, what's the wealth for shit housery do we do we know that do we, where's he in golden what we need <laughs> it's where I message it and go, I probably need some Welsh swear words at this point, Ian. <laughs> the, the army then, do you reckon they, you know, because in the Men's Challenge Cup, there's an, there's the army, the Air Force, the Navy, is that all of the, the, the Armed Force? I can't think of anymore. The SAS, I don't think they've got a team in there. But in the future, the paratroopers, Red Arrows, in the future, the, the army team could be invited into the, the, the Challenge Cup of wheelchair ability. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of, um, you know, the building off the last World Cup as well is developing and continuing to develop the game. And I think I think this friendly was definitely a great starting point. And realistically, you know, um, it means that anybody who has who, you know, has served in the forces, has that opportunity to no longer play the running version of the game. Um and definitely, I just don't quite know how it would work, given the, um, you know, with the the team that played on Sunday, a lot of those play for Super League clubs currently. So it'd be, it, it, we joked about um, maybe setting up something like with um, Leeds, potentially, like, get, having a game with Wales. And I thought somebody today and I was like, I don't know, like, what, what do I do with that? Do I do I catch COVID that weekend, or you know, like, like, wait, wait, what do I do with that? Um, but realistically, I think this sport can only continue developing, and I love the fact that we got that game in on Sunday. Well, when Pele retired, he played the first half of Santos and the second half of the New York Cosmos all the other way around. I can't remember the way it went. So, so with the USA on the horizon, I mean, are, are you ready? Because it's some old way to go, and I guess there's different um, different challenges for you know a wheelchair ability team to pitch up in America, and then just anyone going on holiday. Yeah, I mean, uh, I everyone keeps asking me if I'm excited, and don't get me wrong, it's an amazing opportunity, but I can't get excited until I'm there, and my chair's there, and my wheels are there. Um, I 
I hate traveling. I'm one of these people. If I could flick my fingers and be at the destination, I would I would do it. But I know once I'm there, I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. Uh, but as you said, you've got the extra factors of the equipment, for example. Um, I have, like, I've, I've gone out and I've bought like, um, like Samsung smart tags so that I can attach it to like my wheelbag and <laughs> my chair because I, I don't want to have to somehow replace, you know, a, a pair of 1500 pound wheels prior to the start of domestic season. Um, so there is that, but preparation wise, you know, um, everybody handles it differently and again it's it's that addition of having various disabilities um I've already straight up said to everyone you probably don't want to be around me on that night that we get there because I'm not going to want to talk to anybody I want to get into bed go to sleep um and I will be a really nice co-captain the next morning <laughs> but yeah, I think I think we're ready. Um, don't get me wrong. I know the US have been waiting for this the moment it got confirmed. Like they they've been working on stuff from the World Cup, and um, I'm, I'm seeing little clips here and there. So uh, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to that and seeing uh, the new players they've got as well, who have come from various backgrounds. Again, some military, some have just found the sport from finding it online, watching parts of World Cup. So yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Just I, I'll, you'll probably see me look a lot more excited once I'm actually there and in the hotel and bags unpacked and getting ready for training the next day. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing the two things that um, spring to mind is firstly, I know you, you know, particularly at club level, very thorough. You tend to know the opposition that you're playing, their strengths and weaknesses, and Jane will send you clips and. Certainly in national squads, be it Wales or England, that level of detail as well. But I'm guessing you don't know anything about the uh, team that you're going to be facing because they've announced their 14-player squad and, and I couldn't see any names that had played in the World Cup. So even though you'd uh, played against them uh, in the semi-final, um, a different team. So how do you approach it? Um, so I don't... I, I... I'm sure I've seen some names that I recognise from the World Cup. The ones that we were looking <laughs> for, the ones that made the biggest impact. Ah, uh, uh, seem to be there. Ah, I love that. See, now I'm going. Have I have I just dreamt who who I thought? But um, it's an opposition that there's not plenty of footage. Um, you know. You got essentially the world cup games to go off you know those group games um to analyze um i would like to think that as anybody does on the back of a world cup is you regroup you start working on what you you can improve what things you can do better and look at both the chair skills and the tactics and I, i i've seen some clips i've seen some of the stuff they put on social media and you can see they've been working on things, but at the same at the same time, so have we. So we, you know, I've, I've lost count how many hours I spent analysing, and we all know how much I hate watching myself play. Uh, <laughs> but um, even just looking at 
the footage from um, when we get get the footage from the uh, army game. Again, analyze that and look at what we can work on leading up to the USA. And the thing is, everybody's always going to pull something out of the bag and you know bring some surprises or have that element of surprise to an extent. And you can you can only play what's there. So it might take a little bit of time to settle into that first game, but once once you fuss each other out, you kind of know what to expect to an extent. <laughs> I'm guessing that the other thing that you, you've never done before, not only are you travelling sort of halfway around the world, but you're playing two games on consecutive days. Uh, so yep. you've no recovery time from from game one, um, and you're at a beer festival, but that's another matter. Um, how, how will you cope with that? Would, does that mean that the coach will use all of the squad? Um, does that mean that you don't expect to play 80 minutes of each game? Or how, how will you recover from game one to be ready for game two the next day? I mean, again, it's, it's, it's such an individual thing. Like, I know once game one, depending on how many minutes I play, how hard I have to go for that game, I then can tailor my recovery and yeah it's not it's not the it's not the biggest amount of recovery time but I'm also saying this as the person who came back from a camp and a game on Sunday went to the gym Monday and trained with my personal trainer Tuesday and we're on Thursday and all I want to do is sleep so <laughs> sometimes um sometimes I can push and push and push and deal with the fallout later which is not always the greatest way to be but I only tend to do it in dire circumstances like I think the aim is to get everyone playing but at the same time like anything you want to win and these are ranking games as far as I'm aware so you don't want to be losing a ranking game um so we'll we'll see what AC and Gary have got plans I don't know the ins and outs I just know you know we spoke about the plans of training leading up to it um and and just see what they feel because it may just be that you know some people play an 80 minute game and then arrested the next day it just it all depends and a lot of us are used to doing two-day camps you know well even though there was a day or two in between you were still training on those in between days, granted, it's not as all out as a as a, as a game, but well, we're just gonna have to play it by ear. That that's that's how I'm telling everybody. I'm like, I'll play it by ear. If I crash and sleep for eighteen hours after, then so be it. Um, and to be fair, I tend to have like for me personally, whenever we fly, um, outside of the UK, and um, we've been playing uh, and competing. Uh, for example, at previous World Cup, France, um, I tend to be able to push myself, and then the moment I'm home and I'm in, you know, familiar surroundings, I crash, and my record has been a 27-hour sleep. So <laughs> it's it's just one of the ways that my body then deals with it. So I don't have any particular answer other than what my plan is is to just push myself into that can't um and then you know there's a there's a little bit of time when I get back prior to um season starting um it's just I think I think the day after I get back we start back at training whether I will be 
awake and conscious at that point. <laughs> Not quite sure, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I think being able to sleep for 27 hours is the most impressive thing I've ever heard any human being ever say. Um <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what the pitch is going to be like out there? Are you playing inside, outside? Do you know what, anything to do with the conditions out there? I all I know is my. Uh, this is where I get it off on my phone. My my little itinerary says it's a sports centre, so I would like to think right. it's indoors. <laughs> um, that's where I've. That's where I put my foot in my mouth, and it turns out we're playing out outside next to the beach. In you know. 10 degree weather <laughs> but from from what i can see from the rough schedule we've got it's a center now i know what we class as the sports center and what the americans do can differ but that's what our first training session i think on um so we get there late the monday night our first training session on tuesday and that gives us an opportunity to have a look and work out all of those final details and even just whether the building's got air conditioning or not <laughs> that makes a massive difference if, if it's not if it's not particularly warm outside and then you're in a cold air conditioning building so no, i don't i don't have all the details and sometimes i think do i just message one of them and, and say so like i won't say anything just give me some details <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You mentioned the world rankings. Uh, how important are these games? Because obviously England and France are here and everyone else is here and Wales, the, the best of the rest. Is there any way, because they, there's far more people in France and England than Wales, is there any way you can actually catch them in terms of the world rankings and win the World Cup or whatever? I mean, the thing is, it's all about development and um, Wales along along with the other Celtic nations. He's still developing rugby league-wise and like what I've found since making the move to um, play for Wales is it's really difficult um, when, when you explain to somebody, oh, I play for Wales, and, and they go, but you live in England. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it is a case of... Um, those 
those Celtic nations especially continuing to develop and yeah there's always going to be a chance that something happens and are at that level where they can compete with France and with England and don't get me wrong I would I'd love to be here and, and say, yeah, we're going to beat France and we're going to beat England. But I think it's a work in progress. And the more we work on it, because uh, I think we've also got to keep in mind that there's less funding in, you know, those uh, governing bodies such as Wales Rugby League. Um, so actually a lot of it comes out of getting sponsorships and you know getting funding or paying out your own pocket and that has a massive impact on how a squad can develop as well and I always talk about um when I first started playing internationally for England I remember those were days where we still had to kind of subsidize bits and pieces of what we were doing um and within a year or two that was not really a thing anymore and I think like the step that I took, although financially it's a step back uh, with having to subsidise and having to, you know, ask for funding and things like that. Um, because I'm happier, I can't really, it's it's one of those, like I'm happier. I'll take the hits in my pocket. It just means I have to work extra in my second job. Mm. <laughs> but it's, it is a work in progress. And we were talking about it last night, a few of us. and yeah everybody wants to continue to develop it's just whilst we have got some of those constraints such as funding it's it's going to be hard to compete with the likes of France and the likes of England but everyone's sure as hell going to try. Do you feel like a trailblazer going on this tour because apart from the fact that obviously it'd be the first games that the USA have hosted at home um, the market as we've seen with potential for Las Vegas and the running game is absolutely huge and you know you're the nation that is putting the toe in the water there do you feel that sense that this could be the start of something really really special for wheelchair rugby league absolutely i i think it is um wheelchair rugby league is still very new in the us and to then have that friendship and relationship that actually came from us all sharing a hotel at the world cup um and you know even in the US in the game against US at the World Cup you you, you see like the hits are hard but you see like the little giggles and the, the laughing and that kind of thing um, and I think because it's formed off that relationship that everyone developed with each other um, it can only it can only grow like it has done here I mean it's taken years for it to get to the point it is here and we've still got so much more room to develop and grow the sport so I think, like I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I joke about. I, I don't mind making history here. Uh, yeah, how many people are ever going to have able to say I played the first no in the US um in wheelchair rugby league? And I think that one is is just really cool. And I hate the word cool, uh, but it is. Uh, granted, like. I've had, to, I've had to explain to my niece I'm not going to another world uh, because she think I am leaving this planet 
Um, <laughs> she doesn't understand that. Uh, <laughs> not got to geography yet in school, apparently. Even that, like, always very family orientated outside of the and to hear my nieces and nephews say to me you can do that like that thing and when I then say we've gone out there and done that before just them going well, if I if I my spot like potentially and I'm like yeah do it <laughs> so it's also like for us in any level of the sport it's about the next generation as well so I know potentially this first and last opportunity for me go out there and play the US in the US but again it gives to that next generation they can also not only a trail but make their own and of this sport growing and continuing you know getting more participation it's, it's so exciting see that that's why not the travel bit <laughs> but also, it could be good preparation for you because she's saying you may not get this opportunity again but your next long-haul trip with wales will hopefully be to either new zealand or australia in 2026 for the next world cup so again um, it won't be your only trip. It won't be your only history-making trip. But what a, what a great experience to throw forward two years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for I look at it, um, and I, I sound like Simmer when I say this. You, you can tell I spend too much time with him. Um, but I look at it as in, you know, I want that next World Cup. And all being well, I'll be at that next World Cup. However, there's going to be a point where I can't do international anymore. And I have to look at my priorities. Um, and that then paves the way for that next generation. So I've always said I want four World Cups before I'm done. Um, four is just a number that's always been there. But I want, I want those four World Cups and then I will happily pass the torch on to the next one. But again, it, it just means for the next two years working hard and you know fighting for a place because nobody's going to come along and hand anybody a place um so yeah it, it that again as you said it'll be a first um i retire internationally on is that time 26 world cup i'll take it um but it's definitely just every, every time we get to internationals it seems to be we're now everyone's breaking new ground whether it's um you know the England France test matches that happened um and England pulling it back in Marseille um and I say this only because like the one in the one in Leeds was probably a little bit <laughs> still still a little bit sore for some but again that was that was breaking new ground in at first direct arena, you know, on the doorstep for a lot of us lot at rhinos. Um, so yeah, I can only keep keep hoping and hoping that my body's still functioning in two years' time that I can still hit people. <laughs> well, let's put some pressure on. Would you like to see one of the as it's now rebranded the Lime Green uh, Super League? Would you like to see a, a, a Leeds Rhinos game at the first direct arena? I mean, obviously, that's a stupid question because I know what the answer is, but, you know. Yeah, like, (laughs) 
Like, honestly, I would absolutely love that. Obviously, um, for an international to be held there was brilliant. But to have a Rhinos game there, like, you know, it's just, I can't even speak the idea of that. And I'm going, huh. Plus, it's a little bit of two fingers up because I used to work for First Direct. Um, <laughs> I'm like, not, not the rude one, just like, hi. <laughs> Because we don't want to shoot myself in the foot on that one either. Um, but it, it, no, it would be cool. And having a venue like that, the World Cup showed that it can be done um, and that venues can accommodate it. So hopefully one day, one day before I, I keep saying before I retire, like, like I'm retiring next week or something. I'm not. I'm just putting it out. <laughs> but... <laughs> The uh, you you were training recently with the the, the rhinos women. Um, are any of them going to you know take your spot in the squad this season? I mean, a few of them want to sign up. <laughs> um, I I love that session. Like I really did. I don't think I have. I'm showing my age a bit here, but I think in twenty. 20, 20 something years let's go with that um I haven't played any wheelchair sport with a group of uh women who are willing to come in give it a go and let's see what happens and it's made that all that more special being that it's the rhinos women's team and like I kept saying to people when they were like oh, I don't want to I don't want to hit any like I don't want to hit anyone and I kept saying you run you run at people for, <laughs> for your version and you're scared of a chair hitting a chair and once once we got that out of the way like everyone was down to go and like I'm like I'm just encouraging it going take them out smash them uh, <laughs> and I'm not naming names because mainly because I can't remember. Um, but I also did get taken out and wiped out by two. <laughs> but everyone, everyone seemed to love it. And um, I was at Headingley last week. And I was speaking to Hannah Butcher and she was just telling everyone how much they enjoyed it and they wanted to do a longer session next time. So, like, for me, I... You can't you can't do that really anywhere else and have people come straight in, know the rugby side, aren't sure about the chair side. Um and actually a lot of them picked up the chair side pretty quickly. Um, even those who um didn't want to hit anybody, didn't want to go with I, I saw some feet kicking out to stop people crashing into each other. Um, and I will say the one person who probably didn't enjoy the session as much is my dad because every time there were races he nearly got wiped out um <laughs> but it, it's one of those as much as I like you know I, I tire tire I can't even say I always talk about wanting more females in the sport and to have the women's team come down and do a session and really enjoy it and you can see it on their face how much they enjoyed it um it, it makes all that difference and um, actually you know I've had a few messages recently on social media and um, saying where do I find a team near me like I saw that 
rhinos had a joint session and that's from potentially you know female players that be joining wheelchair um so again everything we do as a sport has an impact and, and especially at rhinos with the one club that we've got going it makes a difference to people who wouldn't necessarily think you know I can do that and I think sometimes that slightly off-putting part of it is being in a wheelchair um, and again as soon as you say for the most part it's not your body getting hurt and I say for the most part because I would never tell anybody your body's not going to hurt um, <laughs> but everyone just relaxes straight into it so yeah I I've, I've really enjoyed it and I've said to Simmer like happily do another session I made a I made a joke to Cam Smith about it and um, saying well why don't you guys come down and have a session um, <laughs> he he seemed he seemed a little bit um a little bit he seemed a little bit apprehensive about the idea of it so um and I've kind of been like you can take a hit from like you know the like the, the likes of um Sam in training why can't you do it in the chair is it me or <laughs> well they're almost scared of you than Amy yeah, Hardcastle that's it helps I think not yeah. only my guess is the two people that wiped you out were Amy Hardcastle and Hannah Butcher but the good news is that Cam Smith has now approached Tom Halliwell and said the men do want to have a training session with you. Ooh, it's me calling him out. That's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I only have one other question before time runs out on us. Do, do you know whether your games over in America will be streamed in some way and we can watch you play? I believe they will. Um, I'm not 100% on all those details, but no doubt when I get them, I'll be sharing them on socials and all that jazz. Um, I did find out that there's a five-hour time difference today. So <laughs> uh, apparently I didn't realise that. I knew there was a time difference. I just thought I'd be ahead over there, not five hours behind. Um, so yeah, as soon as I get those details, I'll be sharing the hell out of them on socials and around everybody who's asked. I don't like the idea of you going to the moon or something. That, 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 that's quite impressive. But then how the gravity would work with wheelchairs? <laughs> well, I, I, I try to add that. I'm not getting into it because it was like one of those conversations my niece was like, adamant, you are going to another planet. I showed, her, I showed her American dollars and she was like, she went to riff it. She was like, this is just monopoly money. And I'm going. <laughs> Wait, the temptation to say that America is another planet, Phil. I mean, it, it's there, isn't it? But but we don't we don't want to say that before you get out there and, you know, might not let you in. Don't yeah, get... let's not offend people. <laughs> Primary elections while you're out there. You might find yourself voted as president before you come back. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dangerous for everyone. <laughs> No more dangerous than it is at the moment. Um, Phil, thank you. Um, the, the magazine will be out by the time, well, yeah, it will be out by the time people hear this and get it, so that, that's good. In the shops tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday. Um, President Jody Boydward, thank you very much for your, your time, Madam President. Um, we, we, <laughs> enjoy the uh, enjoy the sleep on, on the way back. Um, see if you can beat your record. That'll be very impressive. Thank you. Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 